Morning, brother. <laughs> morning. Welcome back to the <laughs> the early uh, show. The Alvin Gump morning show. <laughs> the morning uh, show with Alvin Gump. That, oh boy, that, that rolls off better. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty good excuse to wake up at six in the morning, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> six twenty in the morning, we're fuck recording a podcast. Yeah. Well, brother, what's new? <laughs> Well, I was trying to think when the last podcast we recorded, was that with Dylan? Yeah, it was when we got really drunk with Dylan and just started talking about conspiracy theories and shit. Is that what we started talking about? I don't know. Well, that remember. for a while, and then we then I started reading the Gettysburg Address, and then we watched <laughs> Gangster Party Line, but we were fiddle-fucking around for like 50 minutes trying to get the TV to work. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't exactly the greatest show on earth, but by God, we had fun. That's right. It wasn't uh, wasn't that quality content, but... Gotta have fun every once in a while. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. Care for some coffee? I would love a cup. Pour me up here, brother. Cheers. Ooh. This is generic creamer in the coffee. This is not a alcoholic substitute of any kind. Just saying. It's just... Forewarning. Just, just in case I get nailed for... Driving two hours later for having one single coffee. Being a bad, bad little boy. <laughs> I'm bad to the bone. Bad. Yeah. So last night, I encountered something on Wikipedia. Okay. And it's a, it is a, a valid economic index. It is called the Men's Underwear Index. The men's underwear index. Yes. Okay. How it works is uh, basically there. there's an assumption that men will buy underwear at a pretty much steady rate regardless of uh, of like, you know, other, other things going on in their life. As long as they have disposable income, men will buy underwear at the exact same rate. Right. So whenever... Underwear sales dip. That's when you know that an economic crisis is is uh, bound to happen because that means men don't have, or men or their spouses who buy them underwear, of course, right? Don't, don't have disposable income enough to buy underwear. Huh. So, that, so it's it's an actual economic index to try and predict like what's going on in the in the economy. Interesting. So it's the sales of men's underwear is so steady that when it dips. Shit's gonna hit the fan. Yeah, interesting. Exactly. Like that's how you can tell is you can you can make predictions off, off of just underwear sales. <laughs> you probably make you could probably make uh, predictions off of beer sales in Alberta as well. Probably something consistent like underwear sales definitely would be across the board. Like not all men drink, but all men wear underwear. Exactly. Every household requires it. Anyway, That's right. It'd unless be, you're in a nudist colony. Be but, a little more consistent because um, I'd say there's alcoholics out there that would sacrifice good underwear for a box of beer. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. I know him. His name's Josh. <laughs> Love you, Josh. <laughs> That's true. That guy does have some ratty, ratty ginch. Yeah. Ginch, gunch. I'm I'm with them though personally. Like him and me, we're kind of we're kind of soul animals. 
Because we don't buy clothing. That's true. It's like, why would I buy more clothing when this shirt works perfectly fine? Even though it's completely, you know, it's been washed five million times. There's like holes in all the spots. I was that way, but I, I grew out on out of all my clothes. Like, you guys still wear clothes from right. you, 10 years ago. I can't. Yeah, all your clothes, grew, like, you grew out in the shoulders, so now yeah. they don't fit into any of that Nothing shit. Nothing fits. Whereas I have, like, a shitload of T-shirts that I got while I was in, like, grade 11, and they all still fit, yeah. so. I'm like, I haven't grown into my gut yet. Uh, Currently growing into your gut. Working on it. So I almost wound up working on an oil rig for the winter. Thank God. On a drilling crew? Yeah, I was going to be a uh, rig bitch. Oh, sorry. Lease hand. <laughs> Lease hand. Well, yeah. then you wouldn't actually be uh, actually drilling. No, you? no, no. I wouldn't be doing any of the drilling, but I would be doing all the shitty jobs. Yeah. You know, uh, painting and cleaning and doing laundry. and The money would have been good, but then uh, as I was considering it, and I, I put in my application in this one company, and... I was considering it and thinking, and then uh, one day we got that really wicked wind that was like, I don't know, it was minus 10 with a fucking 80 kilometer hour wind, and then Edmonton got completely snowed in. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, you know, as fun as that would be, that is not going to be worth the money. No. Fuck that. Not going to be worth the money at all. Plus, you'll sacrifice Brothers Radio. Plus, yeah, how am I going to record a podcast when my... Face is frozen shut. That's right. When you're dead in the north. When I'm fucking frozen and buried in the muskeg. That's right. <laughs> so I thought, uh, I mean, the money w- would be pretty good, but not for that. If it was the summertime, sure, yeah. They don't really drill in the summer, though. It seems like. That's true, yeah. Always that winter. It's a winter gig. Yeah, I don't know why. Well. Are they intentionally trying to make Well, it's uh, people... so that muskeg freezes up. Oh, yeah, The north yeah, country yeah, yeah. freezes up. Yeah, you can't drill if it's, it's easier all to fucking get mud. Yeah. Well, you'd think, you know, it being so... Well, maybe maybe it's only dry in this part of Alberta. Maybe it's still quite moist up there. No, I'm sure it's frozen. Yeah, I'm sure well, it's now it is. Way. Now it is. But no, like, like you know, during the summer, how dry it was here? Oh, yeah. I wonder if it didn't get that dry up that way. Yeah, yeah it might have. There's parts of that northern Alberta that's just always wet. Mm. It's just swamp up there. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's trees, but well, it is trees, but there's nothing underneath those trees. Yeah, it's just a floating mass of vegetation on basically a lake. Pretty much. Yeah, it's interesting. It's desolate up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, northern BC is a lot like that too. Like yeah. just a lot of scraggly fucking trees everywhere. Everything's muck. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I turned down that job. It ain't my picture of uh, fun. No, so I said uh, that's okay. I got a I got a job here in town. So yeah, thank God he called back. Yeah, got back. Yes, I might. Yeah, I might end up working there. What am I gonna do without without you, Gump? I need you here. I'll ah, be all right. I ain't, live. I ain't gonna edit these videos. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, but it takes me not that long anymore. I'm but, pretty good at this. Like I'm, I'm pretty efficient. I can do it in uh, no time at all. Yeah, you can probably get uh, you can get it to Spotify in like ten minutes, can't you, or less? Pretty much, but it just depends on how quick the internet is. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
what else is going on here? Oh, you bought a new pickup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is new. Yeah, bought a new, uh, well, new to me, 2017 Ford F-150. Nice little pickup. Yeah. It's for your, I, I believe you're going to go into business sucking cock, right? Yes. So that's why you bought a Ford. Yes. That's not true, Gil. Uh, it's just a joke. Fords are good trucks. I'm sure, but the the, the leading joke is that uh, guys who drive Fords like to fondle balls and massage poles. With their mouths. With their mouths. <laughs> so I just well, wondering if perhaps my brother was into that now. I'm, I'm here to tell you that that is... Well, I'm not saying it's false. <laughs> is there any money in it? No. <laughs> well, then, then forget it. Yeah. There's no money in sucking dick these days. Fuck the you, di- Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> the, di- the dick sucking market has... There's such a glut. Yeah. There's such a... Uh, an overproduction of dick suckers. Yeah. There's just way too many dick suckers in the market. It's flooding the market. It's flooded. It's flooded with semen. <laughs> Let the semen flow. <laughs> the semen must flow. Yeah, we went for a little cruise there the night I got it. And yeah, went and got some ice cream. Yep. Got some uh, Cherry Garcia. <laughs> cherry Garcia ice cream. Shit was tight. With the little LSD tabs in it. Yeah, see, there's these little chocolate things in there. Little slices of chocolate that are like super thin. I'm like, oh, it's got to be like LSD tabs that they're trying to pretend that's what this is, because it's, it's Jerry Garcia. The guy was fucking zoinked out of his gourd for, I don't know how many years straight, but quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the entire time they were on tour. The influential ones. Yeah. Exactly. So this thing is just full of these little chocolate wafers. I'm like, oh, these are LSD. And, and uh, Kalen laughed, and both of you laughed. I don't think you understood, though. I understood. At, at the time. I had to explain it later. <laughs> well, I knew what you meant. Oh, okay. I, when... You said they look like LSD tabs. I was like, oh, I'm sure uh, Jerry Garcia was on LSD. Oh, yeah. Well, do you know that one Grateful Dead el- album I have? Uh, it's called yeah. Anthem of the Sun. Yeah. You ever yeah. look at the album art on that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> What more do you need? Yeah. <laughs> it's like some sort of Aztec fucking Aztec slash Indian god thing. I don't know. It's so strange. Yeah. They're all like, each member of the band is like a dragon. Yeah. And they're all part of this like big circle that's on fire. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's it's an intense album cover. There's a lot going on. Yeah. What? And then what's really awesome, you flip it over and, and then you read what songs are on there and there's one just called New Potato Caboose. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> that's what that's a song name? That's a song on there. Oh. New Potato Caboose. And what's it, what's the album name? Maybe people want to search it up and check it out. Anthem of the Sun. Anthem it's of great. the Sun, Grateful Dead. If you like music that just never seems to end. <laughs> The Grateful Dead. There's a doesn't Sirius have an entire station dedicated to Grateful Dead? I think they just call oh, it probably. The, I think it's just the Grateful Dead station. Or the Deadhead Hour or some shit like that. No, like it's just a the entire Sirius station is Grateful Dead. That's sweet. Or the name of it has Grateful Dead in it. Something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I mean, like they have so much live recorded music. Yeah, and each time they played a song, it was always different. Yeah, because they're they're what they they call a jam band, right? So they'll play a song that usually is like five minutes long. They'll play it for fucking twenty minutes, right? Yeah, play it for a whole set, and uh, but it will be different because they'll they'll each guy will solo, you know, and and you know they'll, they'll all take turns on it, and then 
and then finally wrap it up after 25 minutes and yeah. then play another song for another 25 minutes. So each time they played a concert, it was always different. And they played, I don't know how many goddamn concerts, but they toured almost religiously for like 20 years straight. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of music. You go on Spotify, you find so many albums yeah. of just live stuff from like all over too. Like, oh, recorded in fucking Denver, recorded in fucking Connecticut, shit like that. Like they just, they recorded concerts everywhere. So when I think of the Grateful Dead, I don't think of just hard partiers. I just think of music lovers. Mm-hmm. Like they just would get on stage and their, their highlight of their night was playing on stage. And then after that, they probably wouldn't party much, go out for a few drinks or well, something. Probably, I mean, they'd probably party a little bit. Maybe not as they got older. Yeah, it probably. I'm just saying they're not. They ain't no Motley Crue, or you know. What no, I mean? no, they don't. Um, like they, they, they pro- never tore the walls out of the hotel. Yeah, like they were. They weren't hard, super hard on themselves. No, they just really loved the music. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that was always the first priority for them was the yeah. music. And it shows you can't just tour for twenty years and still get along. It if oh, you yeah. don't love the music. Well, there was, there was always like a rotating you know, cast of characters in the Grateful Dead. Like, I believe, um, like, I, there was probably <laughs> probably 20 different musicians who were all in the Grateful Dead at one time. But usually it was, like, the keyboardists and different, like, backup singers and that sort of thing. Like, it, it was always, there was always, like, the key guys were, of course, Jerry Garcia, the front man slash guitarist, and uh, the drummer who was, um, what the hell's his name? Uh, like, uh, Shit, it's like some German last name. I can't remember. It's like Peter or something. Anyway, he he like he was in it for ever. I think he still is. Yeah. And um, those were like the two main guys, but everyone else was subject to change. Right. But uh, you know that was the thing. It was it was it was never uh, an ego trip. The band yeah. was never an ego trip, such as like Motley Crue or whatever. Yeah. It was always just about playing the music. Yeah. So people come and go, but. It's all about the different, uh, they encourage that probably, you know, mm-hmm. had different tastes and different people. Exactly. Cause then the song will have a different flavor to it. Yeah. If there's a different bass player or whatever. Not so much improved the music or made it any worse. It was just different. Just different. Exactly. And they can work with different. That's a whole nother 25 minute segment. On exactly. Stage. That's another fucking album they can make. Yeah. Just cause it, they had a different bass player or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. You know, and people used to follow them around the United States while they were on tour. People would, uh, like, these these guys' concerts were, I don't know if they were free or if they were just really, really, really easy to sneak into. But, you know, these hippies, deadheads, they call them, would just follow the tour bus around the United States. Sure, I'll have another warm-up there. Follow them around the United States and catch, like, every single concert on that tour. Yep. And, uh... So I think that's just hilarious that you that people would actually do that. Because these were hippies, so they didn't have jobs to go to, <laughs> which is fine. Fine enough for gas money. It's pretty good for a summer. I mean, you're like, ah, well, I got enough gas money to drive around the United States for a while. I might as well just fucking watch Grateful Dead concerts for 60 days straight. Fuck it. It seemed like it, would, like it was so much easier to kind of bum around the country. Like, you could just hit up every city if you wanted to and i mean you could find a job for a day yeah you could you could 
wash dishes in the fucking diner if you needed. Yeah, but, make you know, a make a make a couple buck. dollaroonies, and then you'd be on your way. Make a buck or two, and enough for a meal or whatever. Yeah, I think it was really easy to be a nomad back in the day. Yeah, it's like, much harder now. Yeah, they got shit like LinkedIn and stuff. Maybe it's easier to be a nomad if you know how. They got shit, yeah. If yeah. you could really be a nomad if, like, just imagine, just picture this. This podcast takes off. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're listened to by thousands and thousands of people. This will never happen, but, but just imagine it'll happen. Entertain and the idea. Entertain the idea. These people, they worship our every word. <laughs> 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 Fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could buy, like, a van. Yeah, set that up as a podcast studio and just drive around Canada. Yeah. Right, the money's coming in from fucking heaven, basically. Yeah, from Jeff Bezos' satellite or some shit. Fucking it's beaming in through the fucking world pipe. That's what I'm saying. So like, you could just do whatever you want. Yeah, you just go wherever you please. There's lots of people who like design websites who do that kind of shit. Yeah, as long as they got an internet connection, they got a job. Yeah, that's what we need is like a 53 foot Winnebago. Oh, yeah. With a Jeep being pulled behind and just head east or west or whatever we want to do, south. Not north. <laughs> no, fuck north. Like I said before, I ain't going north. <laughs> yeah. I ain't, I don't even want to go to Red Deer. <laughs> I think we're too far north now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be honest. I keep saying with these, uh, with the weather we've been having, I, I keep calling Alberta the new banana belt. <laughs> <laughs> It's been so nice. The new banana belt. Yeah, Monday was like, it hit 15 degrees. Like when we, we were picking up my pickup. In, yeah, it uh, was Clarence warm. Home, it was it super was like warm. It was like 14, 15 degrees down there. It yeah. was gorgeous. Yeah. Then, well, I'm eating my words though. There's a little bit of snow out there today. It's true. It wasn't exactly pleasant yesterday, but um, yeah, on the on the Monday, I believe Linden, Alberta was actually the hottest part of Canada. Really? Uh, for that day. Huh. Yeah, my my boss was showing me a picture. He took a screenshot. The hottest part of Canada, Linden, Alberta, 15 point something degrees. Wow. And uh, and then the coldest part was like some fucking shithole in Northwest Territories <laughs> that was like minus 35 and a half. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So it's coming. That cold is coming. Oh, yeah. January's going to suck. I'll freeze my dink off. Yeah, we'll just be hanging out here in the studio. Heat cranked. Coffee hot. Awfully hot coffee pot. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. <laughs> yep. Uh, pretty, I wonder how the mom, I wonder how the mom spaghetti restaurant's doing. Because we've we've talked about that. We, yeah, we talked when he opened that thing. When he opened it, we were talking about. It, so I wonder how it's doing. I'm sure it's doing good. Let's Google it. Because is it in Chicago? Yes, Eminem from the from Chicago. No, you remember the, how he talks about sh- how he's from Chicago? No, where's he from? I don't fucking know. Detroit. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. <laughs> I'm getting my my Michigans all mixed up. <laughs> fucking Chicago is a native word, I think, and Detroit is uh that's French. I don't fucking know, Gump. <laughs> I mean, they're both fucking shithole towns. They're that's pretty, what, both pretty rough, so that's I don't blame saying. you. But oh, here we go. Mom spaghetti loading up. Closed right now, obviously. What the fuck is this website? <laughs> it's just a picture of Eminem flipping off the camera, but then they they put the 
to-go boxes. They photoshopped the to-go boxes over his middle fingers. <laughs> the fuck is this grand opening? So here's the prices and everything. So you can get a mom spaghetti, $9, with meatballs, 12 with rabbit balls, vegan, $14. They call the, the vegan option rabbit balls. That's awesome. I love that. You can get a sketty sandwich, $11. <laughs> Pop or water, three bucks. Can you get sketty and butter? Get sketty, I don't know. See, that's, hey, respect to Detroit. They call it pop. That's right. Yeah. It's pop. It's not soda. It's what? fucking soda. It's pop. You know why? Because that shit popping. That's right. Going. It's popping. I should pop. be popping in my mouth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Soda. Is it sodaing in your mouth? No. It's popping. Man, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, it seems like it's still open. Oh, here's the here's a picture from the grand opening. It's just flooded with people. You got Eminem hanging out, um, handing out spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti much. sandwiches. I'm surprised the place hasn't been robbed yet. <laughs> well, I'm sure it has. <laughs> Probably has. Then again, maybe Eminem has connections with the local gangs. Maybe he struck a deal for no, protection. Eminem's a white boy. He has local connections with the cops. <laughs> good point. <laughs> he knows better. Yeah, good point. He knows better. So I was I was reading the other day because I was curious and I get bored and I read about shit that doesn't really matter anymore. But I was reading about the fall of Constantinople. Okay. In, in the year 1453. Yep. Um, it's now Istanbul, for those wondering where the fuck that is. The modern-day city of Istanbul, Turkey. It used to be a Greek-speaking city. The capital of the Eastern Roman Empire was then conquered by the Ottomans. And how they did it, the Ottomans, how they took the city, which was historically like an untakeable city because it had these massive fucking walls. Uh, they used cannons. <laughs> And just blew the walls blew to Blew the fuckers to shit. <laughs> just blew them down. So uh, then I was reading about where these cannons came from. That's right. Cause, yeah, because um, gunpowder was already invented in China in like the, in 1000, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. So yeah. they've, yeah, I guess man had already been playing around with gunpowder for Even in the, years. Even in the 100 years war, the English and French were playing around with like, these, uh, what do they call them? Oh, I can't remember the exact name, but essentially it was like these, it was like a hand cannon that shot an arrow. Yeah. And they were playing around with those at like the Battle of uh, Aging Court or... Uh, do we have... another battle? Not to get too sidetracked from your story, but do we have um, ancient guns? Like that early shit, like 12, 13? We have some stuff that survived. We don't have very many projectiles because at the time they were all like... They were essentially crossbow bolts. Yeah. So the wood's all melted away. Right. It's all rotted. But we do have early, um, what do they call them? Some, they call them fire pots. What's that in French? I can't remember what the French is for it, but that's what the French called theirs. They call them fire pots. Right. And uh, we do have some examples of that in uh, in some museums. Now, they weren't like super widespread, yeah. but they were in use. Uh, but by the time, like that was in 1250-something, right? So go 200 years later, technology has gotten a little better. Yeah. And uh, the Ottomans, for instance, had a one cannon, which shot a projectile. It, it shot a stone that was uh, 1,200 pounds. 
How much gunpowder does it take to move that? Oh, they had like, they had entire supply chains just to provide gunpowder. Wow. Yeah. They would, they could only fire <clears throat> that one three times a day, I think, because it got so fucking hot from just one shot. Yeah. It would get so hot and they'd have to spend the rest of the day like slowly cooling it down. Yeah. Otherwise the barrel would crack. Right. So. <laughs> what did they, uh, what did they build it, build the barrel out of? Was uh, it well, iron? It was a, no, no. It was a, it was a, some sort of brass alloy. Right. It was, but uh, of course, not even close to modern day brass, right? Right. In those days, they didn't even understand what brass was. All they knew was if you throw these certain kinds of rocks in, which they didn't know at the time was zinc, you could, if you threw it into uh, like a sort of a bronze mixture, it would make for a metal that was really good at expanding with heat. Right. Like it was a very, um, like that's what, like brass is really good for that. It, it's uh, really good at expanding with heat and expanding with pressure. Right. That's why we make pipes and stuff out of brass, right. fittings and all that. Um, so they didn't really know at the time what they were doing, but all they knew was you throw these rocks in, it works. Yeah. So this fella who made the cannon, his name was uh, Orban. Um, he was from Hungary, which at the time was a free kingdom, is a free Christian kingdom. Well, one day he, you know, this guy's a metallurgist. He makes all kinds of metal out of urgency. <laughs> And he goes down to Constantinople one day and talks to the emperor and says, hey, uh, building a big fuck-off-size cannon, you want to buy it? And the emperor's like, no, we don't need your cannon. We, don't, we ain't got the money for it. Orban says, all right, you know, a bunch of broke-ass bitches down here in Constantinople. So he crosses the sea over into Turkey, into Anatolia, and uh, meets with the sultan, Sultan uh, Mehmed II. And he says, hey, you want to buy this big fucking cannon? Of course, Methman's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's a big cannon. Yeah, I'll take 20. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take one of these and I'll take another one. So uh, so they built this fucking cannon. I believe they had to haul it all the way from wherever their capital was at the time, all the way to Constantinople. It took them weeks. Absolutely. I think it took them several months, actually, to get it there. And it they used... Uh, a team of oxen, I think it was a 60-head team of oxen to drag this fucking thing all the way to Constantinople. 60 fucking oxen. Wow. The thing was so damn heavy. But by God, it blew the fuck out of those old walls. <laughs> Turned those walls to shit. <laughs> and so I was reading uh, a first-hand account of the siege of Constantinople. This fella, he's a Venetian who was, um, he was a surgeon... And I believe he was in the Navy, the Venetian Navy, which was stationed there. Right. This guy's name was Niccolo Barbaro. Um, Barbaro literally just means like surgeon. Nick the barber. <laughs> Nick the surgeon. Dr. Nick. That's a terrible name. This was Dr. Nick from uh, Simpsons, essentially. <laughs> but like, oh, sorry, nicked your artery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, nicked your artery there. You're going to die now. So <laughs> he's hanging out in Constantinople. And the Ottomans come, and he, well, he's basically stuck. It's not like he can really leave. Yeah. His ship and his fleet is stuck there in uh, Constantinople, so they're going to stick it out. And he describes the fucking screeching boulders flying out of the walls and shit, and <laughs> apparently, by his estimation, the Ottomans could have took that city like a whole month earlier than they did, because the one day they blew a massive hole in it, and if they would have attacked right there at that hole, that day they would have won. Yeah. But uh, they chose to lick their wounds and and uh, abide their time um, but it's very very interesting 
just reading about that shit. And this guy, it's so funny too, because he, in his firsthand account, he's like these accursed pagan Ottomans, fucking you know, because it's very, it's a very uh, Christian time. Yeah. And uh, so he's just cursing these fucking Ottomans for being uncivilized and whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I mean, they got a big cannon, though. <laughs> they recognize that big cannon blow through stupid wall. <laughs> so how uncivilized can they be? Obviously, they're smarter than you, you fucking moron. Yeah. Should have bought big cannon. Should have listened to Orban. He was selling his cannon to you fucking pricks. He was literally selling it to you. And you, you denied him. So yeah, that's the story of Orban, the metallurgist. Yep. That's what happens if you make the wrong decision. It can change the entire, it can change history forever. Mm. Oh, allegedly they all, some guy also left the front gate open on the last day of battle. <laughs> allegedly some guy just like, they were pouring in the walls yeah. and there was battles and skirmishes going on. And allegedly some guy just like flipped the lock, just flipped it. And then ran away. <laughs> Tried getting on a ship as quick as possible out of the fucking city. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So people liked anarchy even then. People have always liked anarchy. People love anarchy. Governments are stupid. Yep. I think we should just... I think we should have our politicians be just like uh, nascar drivers and just have like all the logos of the things they're sponsored by just like right on their jackets <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah 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 <laughs> you know like jason candy sponsored by wonder bread or whatever the fuck <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah see who's lobbyists yeah exactly yeah, like, yeah. who's sponsoring new here oh that guy's sponsored by the dairy industry all right yeah and then yeah. that way it's like you never get confused as to where these guys uh Inter where their where their interests lie? Yeah, where they're really coming from? Interesting. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, so they're driving around in their nice Ford Lincoln or in their Lincoln Navigator. Yeah, and yeah. Across the window, it just says Fig Newtons or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> schmuckers. Yeah, schmuckers. <laughs> uh, I didn't know a jam company was influencing yeah. Albertan politics. If it's anything here in Canada, it's Big Maple, Big Maple Circle. Probably. Big circle. Yeah. <laughs> surplus a circle. There's never a sur surplus a circle. Well, there's always a deficit. That's why they had to invent that fucking Aunt Jemima shit. Yep. Which is now uh, no longer Aunt Jemima. It's like the Western... No, wh what's the name? Oh, they lynched Aunt Jemima? Yep. What else is it new? <clears throat> but they renamed Typical it. Americans. They took, took off it's no longer the black lady, no longer Aunt Jemima, and then they call themselves the... I seen it in Costco the other day, but I was like, oh, I got to take note of that. But it's like, it's like the Western something company or Western so conference final. I don't know. Search it up. Pull that shit up. All right. Because I can't, can't remember exactly what it was. What are they no calling Aunt Jemima now? Yeah, that kind of sucks. The Pearl Milling Company. The Pearl Milling Company. Yep. That's it. <laughs> that's what they call Well, that sucks. Yep. Man, that whole Aunt Jemima, that pisses me off so much. Because well, they're like, we need to get rid of this racist depiction of a black woman. It's, like, it's not a racist depiction of a black woman. She's just smiling on the front of the pancake thing. How is it? I don't understand why that's racist. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to talk to somebody that actually thinks that that's a good idea and understand maybe where we're wrong. Mm. But in my mind, when 
let's say that picture came out in 1940, let's say. Well, I think the original Andrew Mima came out a long time ago, and the original picture was the lady who invented that that table syrup or something. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, they, they created like a, a more visually pleasing picture or yeah. whatever. But yeah, it's been around a long time. But to me, like, if you were a company that put a black woman on your on your product, I mean, you're taking a risk in that day. Absolutely. Could you could you quote unquote get any more woke? Yeah. At the time, well, especially in like say 1920s, where where the Klan was running everything. Exactly. Like I'm pretty sure Woodrow Wilson was uh, was a Klan member or a former Klan member. Anyway. Yeah. You know, like. And so then they get rid of Aunt Jemima, and it's like, okay, so what's actually going on here? So, so the really the woke people are cheering for that. But you know who else is cheering? People who are in the clan. Yeah, they're like, yes, finally, I don't have to wake up in the morning and have my wife make pancakes, and I have to sit down at the table and stare at a black lady. Thank God. <laughs> like, like they're probably just as joyous as the woke people about yeah. this whole thing. Yeah, I don't get it. So, so strange. Little, I'm still a little offended at it. Makes me mad. Yeah. They basically lynched Aunt Jemima. Pretty much. <sighs> they're going to start lynching real people because they're, uh, they have too racial of, uh, of a profile. Yep. You know what I mean? Be like, oh, Jay-Z, <laughs> he looks too black. <laughs> looks too white. <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z doesn't look white. No. That guy's lips, I mean. He's not a very pretty man, Jay-Z. Oh, no, he's hideous. He's hideous, but... He has a lot of money. Yeah, he does. But they're going to lynch Jay-Z, because he looks too black. Yep. Like that, Those lips are... That's a racist depiction of a black man. They're just hanging right there. You're like, I am a black man. What do you mean, depiction? I am. <laughs> I'm not depicting shit. I simply Yeah, am. you sound like a fascist. Whoop! <laughs> Fucking string him up right there. Jesus Christ. What have we come to? Yeah. Yeah, a little pissed about it. The Angry. Pearl Milling Company suck my balls. They can fucking merle these pearls. Merle, mil, mill these pearls all they want, fucking pricks. <laughs> you can merle these pearls. Merle these, whatever. Merle Haggard. <laughs> Is there any coffee left? I don't know. I had We had two cups each. I think we're out. Oh, yeah, just take the last splash, why don't you? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh what else, brother? What uh, what did you do yesterday? Where are you working these days? Yeah, what what was I doing yesterday? Oh, I'm finally done at that one big project. Mm. Uh, but uh, yesterday I started... Uh, Over at Merle Clausen? Yes. There you go. Um, started uh, started a new project, digging footings for a new uh, for a new shop. So I got going on that, figured out all my elevations and started digging, stripped all my topsoil. Nice. Yep. Had soup for lunch. Ooh. Kaylin brought soup out. Nice. Hell yeah. Soup is good. She made soup last night. That shit was bussin'. <laughs> sure was. It was delicious. It was more of a more of a stew. More of a stew, but it was you eat it in a bowl. So in that in my opinion, anything eaten in a bowl is soup. That's why I do mong rips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting high, I'm eating soup. <laughs> See, it's in a bowl. It's in a, soup. It's in a bowl. It's soup. Meat and soup. Yeah, but you're high as fuck. Yeah, but it's soup. It's vegan. Yeah, but it's in a bowl. It's vegan and earth friendly. 
<coughs> it's a rabbit soup. Yep. It's rabbit it's a soup. Vegan option. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I was uh yesterday it was my first day at work. Back working. Yeah. Back working. It was great. We uh, were working on a big cocksucker of a seed drill. 70 footer and this guy comes in he's coming to pick up uh, some piece of equipment and bring it back to the dealership and he comes in there and he goes man look at this thing it, man it's just for the acreage eh? I said yeah it's just for putting the garden in <laughs> just for planting a few potatoes yeah a couple taters and some carrots that's about it that's all you need. It's a big cocksucker of a cultivating machine uh, wow yeah well uh, um our grandma recently turned 91 years old. That would have been uh, yesterday. No, Monday. Monday. Monday yep. turned 91 years old. Yeah. Wow. Just wow. That lady has seen a lot of shit. Think of, she was born of, in 1930. That's right. So lived, was born right in the 30s, like the dirty 30s. Yep. Lived through that. All of her brothers went and fucking fought in World War II while she was just like a little kid. By the time World War II was over, she was 15. Yep. Just about 15. So she had to deal with the repercussions of her brothers with PTSD. Yep. So her brothers never never came back. Right. Right. Well, when what was uh, the one brother, Uncle Willie? We talked about that before. How he was a cook and yep. he got fucking he got fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. kicked out because he he gave I don't know he he was probably so bad of a cook that yeah he got they kicked uh, him out dishon- dishonorably discharged for being a shitty cook yeah. <laughs> or something i don't know if That's it was exactly that i mean i don't know what the story is i mean that guy's probably been gone probably since like the 60s but probably um <laughs> I, i'm guessing it probably had something to do with he wasn't uh he probably like poisoned a whole platoon or something yeah <laughs> which is just like <clears throat> like uh what's his name frank costanza you know in seinfeld george's yeah. dad yeah same thing happened to him in, in uh korea <laughs> <laughs> and then um uh, one of her brothers a great uncle, um, Amy. He was fought, a farmer. But he fought in... Um, um, no, Amy didn't. I, Amy was a farmer. Did, are you sure? Yeah. Amy, okay. st- he was exempt. Okay, was there an Eli or no? No, there no, was there a, was... Uh, I, I remember asking her all of this shit um, like a couple months ago. Because one of them fought... Well, one of them was on Dieppe. No, not in Dieppe. Are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. So there was the ones that fought... Well, her or is there her one dad that went was to also Italy? In it. Okay, so so there's four there people is? from that family that went to fight in World War II. Right. The dad who pretended like he was way younger than he was, and he just shone boots for the top brass in in London. Right. For the whole war. Uh, Willie, who got kicked out because he couldn't cook. Yeah. Um, Octave. Octave. And uh, Ovila. Ovila. Yeah. Because there is was it. Yeah, either Octavo or Ovila. Well, they both fought in Italy, I believe. Okay. And then, and then one of them went and landed in D-Day on uh, Juno Beach. It was Juno. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was D-A. No, no, that was 1942. Right. And yeah, there wasn't. Uh, I don't know how many of those guys survived on D-A, but not a right. lot. Right. But no, it was it was Juno Beach. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because, yeah. The, I know Octave for sure fought in Italy. Because then afterwards, there's, there's stories about how uh, he couldn't he couldn't drive through the Rocky Mountains or uh, even through, like, the Okanagan or, or yeah. down by um, yeah, like Castle Yeah, anytime you go west into the 
heavily treed areas and mountains mountains yeah it just it, would, re- it reminded him of like tuscany and, and north italy yeah and he'd start having flashbacks and shit yeah so so he was he really liked his open prairies yeah he liked it flat i think he, well he grew up in saskatchewan so yeah there you go maybe he he uh maybe he would have ptsd while he was there because here's this prairie boy seeing something taller than three inches for the first time in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Horrors beyond his imagination. Yeah, yeah. Right. So was Amy the oldest then? Is that why? Mm, no, Willie was the oldest. Willie was the oldest. But Amy, Amy was, was a farmer. Okay. Yeah, Amy was a farmer. Yeah. Which Amy was, that's short for Emile. Gotcha. Um, but they just called him Amy. These are all French names. So Willie was actually Guillaume. Yeah. Um, Octave and Ovila, those are, I believe those are French or some sort of Latin base. Yes, anyway. they're all uh, Robert's, right? Robert's, yeah. Roberts. Roberts. Roberts for us white boys. Yeah. Saskatchewan Frenchies. R- Robert's. Manitoba. Well, no, they. she was born in uh, St. Lazar oh. in Saskatchewan. That's where they grew up. And then... Then uh, moved to Manitoba. I don't know if she was pretty young when they did that or what. I got to get that old timeline figured out. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Yeah, that's in Manitoba is where she met Grandpa. Yep. They lived there till 70, no, till year before Uncle Paul. So, no, year after Uncle Paul, right? So, 66. No, Uncle, Uncle Paul was born out here. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Uncle then Paul year, and mom were born out here. So, yeah. they, so a year before Uncle Paul was born, was born. So 65. At 65, they moved. Moved yeah. out here to Linden. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. right. Much of those white trash kids from Transcona. Yeah. Winnipeg. <laughs> Trashcona. See, um, apparently that place is still a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> yep. Lived in a little two-story shithouse with no heat. Fun. Yeah. It's better than living in Transcona, though. Yeah. Yeah. Winnipeg's an interesting town. Like, it has a very fascinating history. Just um, because for a long time, it was kind of like, uh, maybe it still is, but it was the Chicago of um, of Canada. <coughs> you know what I mean? It was the Midwestern um, industry town. Right. There was all kinds of factories there in Winnipeg. Lots of factories. It was a huge town too. Like, I think it's about the same size as it, now as it was in like 1920. Oh wow! Which is you know like 700,000 people or something like that. Yeah. So at the time it was like that was a big town. Um, and there's all you know, there's so much immigration from Eastern Europe there. Uh, there was a lot of fear during uh, there was these strikes in 1918, I believe. Right. Um. There were the, uh, what they just call them the Winnipeg general strikes, but there was like all kinds of riots and shit. People were toppling streetcars. There's all kinds of good pictures of that shit. And, uh, there was all kinds of fear around it. They're like, well, what's causing this? Well, there was a bunch of Bolsheviks out of like Ukraine and Russia and wherever else yeah. who came over here, immigrated into Canada and started agitating the rest of the, uh, the immigrant groups. Yeah, from those parts of the world into uh, into striking and and into protesting and and eventually rioting. Interesting. Yeah, I remember I took a a class on that. The class was uh, Canadian, uh, something Canadian labor, 
conflict and some shit like that, right? Basically, we were just studying different strikes and that sort of thing. Yeah. The, the relationship between like um, capital and, and labor throughout yeah. Canadian history. Yeah. And we studied that one a bit. And the professor who was like, I'm pretty sure he was a card-carrying fucking communist. Yeah. He was like, you would just present these things always in the light that uh, that these riots and everything was justified. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not like they were getting paid a lot of money, these these workers, but uh, they fucking burnt Winnipeg to the ground. <laughs> so I don't know if that exactly justifies the, uh, you know, getting paid a dollar a day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he would always present things in that light, and it's like, oh, God, you know. So then I, was, I found all these newspaper articles of people writing in at the time in, like, editorials about what was going on there, especially here in Calgary, because they tried... There was like all these different protests that started in solidarity with the one in Winnipeg. Yeah. And so they, someone in Calgary tried starting one up and like five people showed up and, you know, this is cowboy country out here. We don't, we don't understand your uh, factory protest. Yeah. Yeah. So. There probably just wasn't the industry here in Calgary. No, not at that time. No. I think maybe Calgary had a population of 20,000 at that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe less. Man, that must've been one big fucking city, 750 back in. 1918. Yeah, it's a big city. Wow. Um, like that would have rivaled some of the... Well, Toronto would have been probably a million or maybe yeah. less at that time. It was it was a big city, man. Wow. Well, and geographically, like that's a... When you look at it, that's a big hub. That, mm. Or it has the potential of being a big hub. Because mm-hmm. from there, you can head to your to the west, you can move shit to the south. Yeah. To so, the Dakotas, into Chicago. Exactly. No, it's a good, it's a good turning point Absolutely. for a lot of, uh, a lot of goods. Yeah. But, uh, so I found all these editorials of, uh, from, from Calgary and other places and there's people just like, well, this is pretty obvious that this is just Bolshevik agitation going on here. Like, uh, there was like the leader of the one protest, his name is like literally Vladimir Ushenko or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like literally just quoting Lenin on the street. That's not suspicious. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what's really going on here. Of course, it's very fascinating because at the exact same time, the Russian Civil War is going on. So, makes you wonder. Sons of bitches. Yeah. Well. Well. Could wrap it up. I'm hungry. Yeah. Well, I'll quick do a Today in History. I've been doing lots of history this podcast, but we'll quick do this one and then we'll... Crank it up. Then we'll... Call her good. What is today? Today is the 24th, 24th of November. You bet. So in 1542, on the 24th of November, the English defeat the Scots at the Battle of Solway Moss in England. Is that uh, uh, what the Braveheart movie is based no, on? No, no, that was earlier. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. Um, in 1859, Charles Darwin publishes The Origin of Species by the means of natural selection. Oh. Uh, also called The Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. Right. The first printing of uh, 1,200 copies sells out in a single day. Wow. Uh, in 1874, Joseph Glidden receives his patent for barbed wire. Now, it was a while ago, maybe a month ago or something. Yeah, we were talking. We talk- talked about how he uh, applied for his patent. Right, right. So, it only took him a month and he got his actual patent. Interesting. Yeah. In 1927, federal officials battle 1,200 inmates after prisoners in Folsom Prison revolt. Folsom Prison Blues. There we go. Crank that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Doing your mom. 
doing your mom. <laughs> we know we stray. We doing your mom. I did your mom in Reno <laughs> just to watch you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing your mom all day and all night. <laughs> There's a video of this. I I, la- I nearly shit myself when I watched it. <laughs> In 1939, in Czechoslovakia, the Gestapo executed 120 students who were accused of anti-Nazi plotting. Um, In 1949, the Iron and Steel Act nationalizes the steel industry in Britain. Uh, It would remain nationalized until Margaret Thatcher in the 80s. Mm. In 1950, UN troops begin an assault into the rest of North Korea. Hoping to end the Korean War by Christmas. Boy, are they in for a treat. (laughs) Wrong. Wrong Wrongo. In 1963, Jack Ruby fatally shoots the accused assassin of President Kennedy, Lee Harvey Oswald, in the garage of the Dallas Police Department. Right. God damn it, Jack. And in 1977. I want answers. (laughs) Sorry. You'll never get them. In 1977, Greece announces the discovery of the tomb of King Philip II, father of Alexander the Great. Mm. Cool. Yeah. There you go. A little uh, history lesson for you folks. Hopefully uh, everyone has a good Tuesday. Wednesday. No, Wednesday. 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 Oh, I thought you said Wednesday. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought you meant weast. All right. Bye, everybody. Yeah, take care.